are. Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 10. We're going to read, um, read this passage through to verse 18. So I'm going to, I, I, I've just got, one of the things, oh, let's read this and then I'll go. Okay, verse 10. It says there, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And having, uh, and after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place. Stand with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And in addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. I want to... I, I don't think I've ever, in the 23 years here, I don't think I've ever talked on spiritual warfare. Um, which is deliberate, because one of the things I, fi- I have found in my experience sometimes in particularly Pentecostal churches is we talk about spiritual warfare and we end up in this weird situation where everything becomes demonic. Has anyone else experienced that? And And that to me is just... One, it's wrong, and two, it's weird. So those, those two things. Because not everything is demonic. Okay? Not everything is demonic. Yet, this scripture pretty clearly says that there is a battle that we're in. And I think for us to ignore the fact that we're in a battle is to our peril. But for us to make everything demonic has taken the battle a little bit too far. Because we end up, and this is a phrase I've used often in my uh, teaching around, um, at least around uh, some leaders and stuff, is then we become people who look for demons under rocks. So everything that happens, we're looking for the demonic in it. And it's interesting in this passage, the first thing is the word finally comes in. So finally, there's a whole bunch of stuff that came before it, and then Paul goes, Finally, this. So it's not that I'm saying we, we don't have a battle, but there's other stuff that has to go with it. It's not all about the supernatural and the battle. Is that clear? I think we do have to be aware of the fact that we are in a supernatural battle. Absolutely. But if that becomes all that we focus on, what we end up doing is creating mountains out of molehills, and we actually become more about fear than we are about faith. And, and if I know anything about serving Jesus, is fear is a foothold for the enemy. Faith is the currency of heaven. And if I want to live in the kingdom of heaven now, I want to be a person who's living in faith, that I believe that God's greater and he's mightier than anything that can come against me, and so I don't need to be afraid. 
But I want to I want to just jump back in this in this series. Oh, I'm going to do a series actually on this. The title of this one is Walk Before Warfare. Walk Before Warfare. Because Paul says, finally, and it's actually interesting, three times in this passage, in regards to the spiritual battle that we're in, he uses the word stand. That actually the biggest battle that you and I have and the biggest victory we win is when we stand. Having done everything else, that's the walking bit, Having done everything else, if we're still facing struggles, that we stand and we trust in God for the victory. It's not about us battling and finding every demon and casting out this and binding that and and all these kinds of things that we often do in particularly Pentecostal churches. It's actually about having done all, we stand. It's about this idea of walking before warfare. So I want to jump back in Ephesians, and I want to run through a whole bunch of verses, starting in Ephesians Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. And I want to prove what I've just said to you. Walk before warfare. Paul says, finally. But earlier on, chapter 4, verse 1, if... If you want to do a whole study of uh, Ephesians, it's broken up into two parts. Primarily, the first part is about the declaration of how God, how God is amazing and he's good and his love for us. And he paints a picture of this awesome God and our inheritance that we have as children of God. Then he comes to the beginning of chapter four and it switches gear and it shifts from declaring all that we have in our inheritance and stuff, which is chapters one, two and three. You can go down and have a look at it. Chapter four. And he says this, uh, verse one. As a prisoner of the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. In some translations, it says, I urge you to walk a life worthy of the calling that you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. I referenced this in my previous series on on leadership. And grace gifts. Okay, so that's verse 1 to 3 of chapter 4. Then chapter 4, 17 says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord. You must no longer live or no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of their ignorance or the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as not to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life that you have learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. And then, uh, so that's chapter 4. Chapter 5, verse 1. Follow the ex- God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave, us up for, gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and self- sacrifice to God. And then verse 8 of chapter 5. For you were once in darkness, but now you are in light. So walk as children of light. For the fruit, or live as children of light. 
For the fruit of the light, of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what the Lord pleases. And then verse 15. Be very careful then how you live or how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And then he goes on and he says, finally. There are five times in the previous two passages leading into the bit where he talks about the moment of spiritual warfare and the fact we're in a battle. He uses the phrase walk. And he tags some words on after it. There's five of them. The first one is the one I read in, in uh, verse 1 of chapter 4. It says, Work, walk worthy of the calling. And what's our calling? We're called to be God's children. We're called to be members of his family. We're called to be kings and priests in the kingdom of God. That is the calling of all of us. We're called to be ministers of the gospel. That's what we're called to. So we're called, but first we've got to walk worthy of that calling. If you consider yourself a follower of Jesus, then walk worthy of that. If you're a child of God, which we all are if you're following Jesus, if you made a decision, then walk worthy of that. See, it's interesting for me is that Paul talks about and gives five things that we're walking, and then he talks about warfare. I wonder sometimes whether, whether we don't see victory because we haven't walked yet. When following Jesus, particularly in spiritual warfare, before you can stand, you must walk. See, often, as we know, the kingdom of God is opposite to how we know in, in our natural world. It works oppositely, right? We know babies crawl. Often they stand, then they crawl, then they walk. Maybe there's this thing in the scriptures where it actually says, I want you to walk before you're going to stand. If you want to be able to stand in warfare, stand in the battle, first you've got to walk out your calling. First you've got to live out of who God's called you to be. You've got to discipline yourself to live worthy of, of the calling. The second one there is that we're to walk in all righteousness and holiness. And Paul, when he teaches this, he talks about it being a shift of mindset. That there's a putting off of the old self and there's picking up a new self and learning to think according to the way that God has designed and created you to be. So you are you are now, because of Jesus, you are now righteous and holy. Not because of anything you've done, but because of what he's declared over you because of his sacrifice on the cross. You know, that comes back to what Sonia encouraged with us this morning. You don't deserve it, but you're worthy of it. Because Jesus has already said, because of my death and resurrection, you are righteous and you are holy. I've already paid the price. I've already gone through the mountain. I've already fought the shadow. I've already broken down the wall and declared you righteous. I've already pursued you to the end of the earth. And declared you righteous and holy. Now walk in that. Don't feel like you're not good enough. Don't feel like you're a failure. Because I've already said. And declared over your life. You're righteous. And you're holy. Walk in that. It's a new way of thinking. The third one. 
Ephesians 5 verse 1, it says, walk in love. Walk in the way of love. How many of you are still working on walking in love? Those of you who haven't put your hand up, liars. We're on a journey, right? Part of the challenge for us is learning to walk out of love. That love flows through every part of our being because God is love. The Apostle John puts it this way. If you say you know God and you don't love people, then you deceive yourself. That we're to walk in love. The fourth one is we're to walk as children of the light. You were once, and I love this in this passage, it says, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. You are light. Not you're becoming light or you have light. You are light. Paul is declaring it over you. In the same way that God has declared you righteous and holy, he's also declared now that you have made a decision and asked and, and taken Jesus on as your Lord and Savior, you are now light. You've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness. You're now in light. And we all know that when the light switches on, what disappears? Darkness. See, it's amazing how that shifts the battle. When you realize that the forces of darkness actually can't overtake light. And if I'm light, I can stand. Right? It's, it's about this idea. If I walk in light as a children of light, then darkness has no place in my life. It can't come against me because, <laughs> I mean, that's just not, I know enough about physics to know that's not even possible for darkness to come against light. It just doesn't even happen. And for you and I, we've got to walk as children of the light. What does that look like? Well, it says the fruit of light is goodness, righteousness, and truth. You can measure yourself. And then the last one, number five, it says walk wisely. Be careful then how you live. Walk as the, un as the wise, not the unwise. And it, go, it goes on in that passage and it says, make the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. For us, if we're to be involved in spiritual warfare, if we're to do and see the victory that Jesus has won for us at the cross, take a hold of our lives to, take, uh, to become a reality for us where we're standing against Whatever the devil, whatever darkness may throw against us, where we're standing, it comes because we've realized that these five things are true about us and we're walking in them. That I'm walking worthy of the calling. I know I'm a child of God and I'm walking accordingly. I'm walking in righteousness and holiness, not because I've got everything together, but because of what Jesus has declared over my life. There is no longer any condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who are called according to his purpose. That I am walking in love. 
perfect love. That's God's love. Yours, your love's never going to be perfect, but God's love flowing through you is perfect. And John says that perfect love casts out all fear. So if I'm walking in love, fear no longer has a hold of me because I know what love is. I'm walking as a, children, as a child of light. I am light. Darkness doesn't have a hold on my life anymore because I've switched the light on. And I'm walking as a, as a wise person, making the most of every opportunity. And then it goes on. Paul goes on. Ephesians 6, after he's given us all those five things about how we walk, he goes on and he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. So every battle that you face is not because of what you've done. It's because of who Jesus is to you and because of his power at work in your life. See, sometimes we can get into this thing that somehow we've got to battle this. And yes, the process of walking and learning to walk as God has called us to walk, those five areas, that takes discipline. It takes hard work. It takes a battle. But most of the time that battle is internal. It's not external. It's dealing with the stuff that's going on in your own soul, in your own heart, the ways of thinking that you have already from your upbringing or even what you've been taught as a follower of Jesus. That's the biggest battle and that's internal. It's interesting in Ephesians 6, he, he specifies two different things. He talks about this idea of uh, stress, uh, our struggle not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, da-da-da, and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And then later on, he talks about this idea that the shield of faith extinguishes all the flaming arrows of the evil one. It's interesting that phrase, evil one, reflects you back to the Lord's Prayer. Remember in the Lord's Prayer, what does it say? But deliver us from the evil one, right? Interesting, if you go back into the original understanding of that language, is it's not actually talking about the devil, it's talking about you. That you are the biggest evil one that you face. That's what I'm talking about by the battle. The biggest battle you face is you. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from ourselves. Because I'm the one that's actually going to lead myself into temptation, because God never leads you into temptation. The devil may put opportunities, but you're the one who responds to it. It's not the devil. You're the one who always have choice. You're a, children, you're a child of God. It's your choice that determines the outcome. It's not the devil's choice. Never has been the devil's choice. As soon as you chose to step out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light, he no longer has any power over you. The only power that he has over you is the opportunity or the foothold that you have given him. It's interesting if you go back into Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27, in the process of him talking about learning to walk properly, he makes this comment and he says, don't let the sun go down on your anger. And in your anger, do not sin. And do not give the devil a foothold. Do not give him an opportunity because he needs an opportunity for him to affect you. And the biggest challenge, I think, is, is ourselves. Because we're the ones who give him all the opportunity. 
And then we blame him for it. And yes, we can blame him for the for it, but actually you're the one that gave him the opportunity in the first place. So is he really to blame or are you to blame? See, I just want to say this really, really clear. We give the devil way too much credit. He is nowhere near as powerful as we think he is. He's defeated. He's lost. He no longer has power over your life when you ask Jesus into your heart. He is not chasing you. In fact, he is limited to time and space. The devil is a created being. He is limited to time and space. So he cannot be everywhere at the same time. So if the devil's giving you a hard time, that means he's not giving the rest of the 7 billion people on the world a hard time. Because he can only do one thing at a time. I'm just trying to minimize the devil here because he really needs to be minimized. Because he is a created being, he's an angel who's fallen and given himself to darkness. I'm light, he's not. I have Jesus in me. I can stand strong in the power of his might, not mine, of his might, because he's already defeated him. The biggest battle you and I face is the evil one, which, dare I say, is me. And if you're honest about it, and you really get down to it, you do know that. Right? We do know that we're the biggest problem. (laughs) Don't look at you. I'm looking in the mirror. See, Jesus has done all he can do. Now he's giving us all that we need through the power of his spirit in us. So we need to walk before we warfare. See, the interesting thing is having done all of that walking, you can be exhausted after all that stuff. Working hard in my life, I want to work, walk worthy of the calling. I want to walk in righteousness and holiness. I want to walk in love. I want to walk as a child of light. I want to walk wisely. All of those things. You can be absolutely exhausted. And you know what? The amazing thing about God is after all of that, he just says it's okay. All you have to do is now stand. Stand and trust me. Stand and lean into me. Yes, put on the full armor of God. I'm not denying that we we are in a battle, and yes, we need to put on the full armor of God. But if we emphasize that before we've walked some of the stuff out, then we're going to put ourselves in situations which are actually going to be destructive to us. Because we're going to try and take on stuff when we haven't dealt with what's inside of us. And the foothold of the enemy, he will take advantage. Having done all, stand. So let's stand. I want to invite you to close your eyes.
You know, the biggest message of Jesus' ministry was repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand, as recorded in Matthew anyway. Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. The word repent is this idea of changing your mind to align your thinking and your agreement with what the kingdom of heaven says. That's what this walking it out is all about. It's actually about what am I agreeing with? What am I agreeing with? The biggest battle that you face in your life right now is what you are agreeing with in your life, over your life, through your life. Repentance is about saying, I no longer agree with what the enemy says. I no longer agree with what my old self says, that I'm not good enough, that I'm not worthy, that I'm too much of a sinner, that my background disqualifies me, that the things I've done disqualify me. I'm no longer agreeing with that because God has said, so right now I just, where you are, Say, God, is there any way in me that I'm walking, that I'm agreeing with in my life that's not of your kingdom? And then if he highlights something, which he will because we've all got bits that we haven't sorted yet, and say, God, I'm sorry that I agree with that. I renounce that agreement and I instead agree with the truth in my life, which is. If you're here this morning and you've never made a decision, to follow Jesus, to ask him to be your Lord and Saviour, the first step of discovering the fullness of who you were created to be is that step. And that might be the first step you need to make this morning is an agreement with God to say that you're his child. I'd encourage you to do that. to ask him, God, I need you in my life. Help me. The rest of us, I just want to declare something over us all. Father, I thank you that you have declared us righteous and holy. That you've declared us to be light, to be children of light. that you've declared over us that we are living and walking in love. That you have called us your children. That you've called us members of your family, co-heirs with Christ. And that you've called us wise, 
And right now we just agree with that. And I declare that over every person in this room. The truth of your gospel. That it's no, it doesn't matter what we've done. That's what you declare over us. And Father, I release breakthrough across this whole family. Your family that is KIC. I declare breakthrough over every life here this morning. Those things that we've been battling with. Those things that we've been struggling with. God, that there would be a release right now in Jesus' name because truth sets us free. Help us to walk. Then warfare. Amen.